Shalom Aleichem. We will continue, Bezat Hashem, learning a little bit more on the words of the days of Moshe Rabbeinu from this wonderful book, The Words of the Days of Moshe Rabbeinu. And, um, okay, so there was that day. We learned that Moshe um, gave a good advice to the people of the king of Kush, the land of Kush. And over there he was a king um, after advising the king uh, in the right way how to conquer back his own uh, city. And then the king passed away and, um, and they gave Moshe the crown. And he was the king on the state of Kush for 40 years. And um, like we said that they married him with the old queen, but he put a sword in their uh, in the room to make sure that she will know that they will not have any um, intimacy, any connection. Um, because it's a known thing that for the Israeli people, there is this obligation not to marry uh, women that are not from our same tribes. And in that day, when Moshe was sitting on his throne and his lady, the queen, was sitting by his side. And the queen said to the ministers, Look at this king that you crowned on yourselves. For 40 years he did not um, approach me. He was not touching me. Put on yourself a king that will be the son of your master, Nicanus because he's supposed to be the one to rule, to be the king, and don't crown on yourself a foreign man. So she did not like the fact that Moshe was staying away from her and not um, being physically in touch with her. And therefore she started to talk about removing him from his throne. So all the ministers, the soldiers said to Moshe, you are a very good king in our eyes, we appreciate, but um, all the states in the world, they have that advice to crown on themselves, to have, bring a king on themselves that will be the son of their master, someone that belongs to their own nation. So we're going to have to let you go. So please take money and gold, whatever you want from us, all the fortune that you, that you want, and go back to your place in peace. So Moshe realized that that will be the right plan, went back to the land of Midian. He sat on the well and um, uh, like sat on the, on, on the top of the well. The Kohen um, of Midian, Kohen is um, like a priest, um, the, the, the leader actually of Midian, um, he had seven daughters. And um, when Moshe came to that place, so when Moshe came to Midian, so the Kohen of Midian asked him, called him Reuel, where did you came from? He asked Moshe and he called Moshe in the name Reuel, where you came from, what is your land, and from which nation you are. So Moshe told him, I am Moshe, and told him everything who, that happened with him in Egypt. 
So, the priest of Midian, that was Jethro, Yitro, said to himself, That is the man that sent his hand to the crown of the king when he was a child. If you remember, we learned about it in this beginning of in the beginning of this book, that when Moshe was a baby, there was a prophecy that he will take the leadership from Egypt, that he will destroy Egypt, and he, while sitting and dining on the same table with Pharaoh, he sent his hand as a little child to take the crown off from the head of Pharaoh, and. Um, then Jethro was there, and Jethro was um, advising Pharaoh um, with a, with an advice that was not accepted. So Jethro was sad that his advice was not accepted, and ran away from Egypt. And now, when he saw that that person was that child, so he said to himself, "Now I will take him, and I'm going to hand him over." to Pharaoh. So he had a fear from the kingship of Egypt. He didn't want Pharaoh to hurt him, to kill him. Pharaoh was a very cruel king. So he thought to himself, of course, it's a bad thought. It's not a good thought. I'll hand Moshe to the hands of Pharaoh. So he commanded to support and to feed Moshe with bread and water. But in that time, he just wanted like to maintain him, to keep him in like under his hands. But in that time, Tsipora, his daughter, looked at Moshe and really liked him. And she had compassion. And every day and day she would come and supply bread and food and drinks. And she was feeding him, even though that he was as a prisoner in the hands of her father, she was coming and feeding him. After seven years, Tsipora said to her father, Do you know that that prisoner that you put in prison, that you threw away to the pit for a few years already, and you are not asking about him anything, but do you know that every day he is screaming and crying to Hashem, to, the, to his God, and praying to his God to save him from you? And it means that you are a sinner, that you are doing something bad, that you're doing something evil, that his prayers against you will be prayers that will be heard because you're doing something to an innocent person that was not, doesn't have no fault. <clears throat> you put a prison, person in prison, a person that didn't do anything to you. So Jethro answered to her, who heard of something like that? A man that was not even eating and drinking for so many years, is he still alive? Because he didn't know that in that time Tsipora was coming all the time to feed him and to support him. He gave him a very like small amount of food. He was not supposed to survive under his hand. But Tsipora was coming and feeding him, taking care of him, like we said that she felt compassion for him. So they went to the prison to the pit that he was trapped in and they found him standing on his feet and praying to his God and they took him out of there. In those days Jethro commanded that they will announce in all the lands that everyone that will come and will pull out the staff that was planted in his garden, he will give him Tsipora, his daughter, to be his wife. There was a staff that was stuck in a stone in a rock 
in the garden of Jethro, and he was not able to take it out. And he commanded that the man that will come and take it out from the ground, he will be the one to get Tzipporah, his daughter, to be his wife. And kings and great ministers and heroes would come, and none of them were able to pull out the staff. And then, after he took out Moshe from prison, Moshe was walking in the garden, and he saw the staff standing over there, and it was made out of a stone that is called San Pirion. San Pirion is a sapphire stone, a very unique and spiritual stone. And it's carved on it the holy name of Hashem. Moshe put his hand on that staff and uprooted from its place fast, easily. And it was a staff in his hand. There was no problem, a natural thing. And he went back to the house and holding the staff in his hand. When Jethro saw the staff in the hand of Moshe, he was wondering, how could that happen? So he gave him Tzipporah, his daughter, to be his wife. And she gave birth and called the son Gershom. Gershom, the intention of the word Gershom by Moshe, that Moshe told her, let's call the son Gershom, was Ger Hayitisham. I was converting over there. Moshe was talking about himself, that he was a different person among the family of Tzipporah and Jethro, his fam new family, so to speak. And also on talking about the conversion of Tzipporah herself that joined the Israeli people with her children. And Moshe was 77 years when he came out of prison. Tzipporah went in the path of the true righteous women, Sarah, Rivka, Rachel, and Leah. And she walked in the path of Hashem like Moshe um, taught her, Moshe, her husband, taught her. So Moshe was a shepherd of the, this world. And Hashem said to remember the oath that he made to Avraham, to Yitzchak, and to Yaakov. Very important um, to say to our public that are or Christian or Muslims, um, again, I really don't care if people want to like go negative and think in a negative way. And of course that many times the reasons why people are upset with people of Israel and Jewish people is because of some mistakes in the Jewish people. Like we're not claiming to be perfect, but... Um, with all our lackings, with all our lack of perfection, it does not mean that Hashem did not uh, give us, gave us something very, very special to hold, um, that He did not give to no, no one else. So the thing I wanted to mention, and it's important, um, is that the blessing that Hashem gave to Abraham is the same blessing that he passed to Yitzchak, and it's the same blessing that he passed to Yaakov. And therefore, the blessing passed from Yaakov to his children, and all the children of Yaakov are the 12 tribes. I hope you understand the message. Ve'nir'ale Moshe basne, 
Hashem Midbarach, so Moshe saw Hashem, the Creator, in the burning bush. And Hashem sent him to Pharaoh. That was the first main prophecy and revealing in a vision, in a sight, physical sight, that Hashem showed himself to Moshe and sent him to go to Pharaoh to make wonders and miracles over there. Moshe went back to his father-in-law Jethro and told him, I need to go back to my brothers, to my siblings that are in Egypt. He took his wife. Okay, so it's written here in a very short way. It's written for an example in other sources that Moshe was arguing with Hashem for seven days and seven nights um, for that uh, request of Hashem, that Hashem sent him, told him, go to Pharaoh, and Moshe for seven days and seven nights, he was arguing with Hashem, claiming he's not worthy for that job, was not able and to even consider and thinking on himself as a messenger and a savior and a redeemer and a leader. He felt that he was so like far away from from authority, from kingship. He was the most humble person in the world. And as well, after he came um, to, f to his father-in-law and told him, I'm going now to my brothers that are in Egypt. So it's written immediately. He took his wife and on the way. So things took, took time. It was not like in five minutes they were out or conversations, there were situations over there. And they stopped on the way in a place, like a hotel, a place, a motel, a place to stop and relax. And Hashem, um, like, rebuked him. Hashem shown him that he did not circumcise his son. Moshe was... He had two children, and the second one, the younger one, was very, very young, few days old, and he did not want to circumcise him because the danger, because of the danger, um, on the way, on the way in the desert, it's a dangerous thing to circumcise a child, a baby, and. Moshe thought to himself that if he will circumcise his son, it might be dangerous for him and he didn't want him to be hurt, God forbid. But because of the holiness of Moshe, the demand from him was very high and the fact that he did not circumcise his son considered to him as a big failure. So an angel came to punish Moshe for that. And Moshe fell in front of the angel. So that angel was terrifying, very scary to Moshe, and Moshe fell in front of him. So Tzipporah, his wife, that was very wise, took, she realized exactly what's the situation, what happened. She took the knife made out of stone, Tzur, Tzurim, a sharp stone, and she circumcised her son. 
ותמלט את בעלה ובנה מיד המלאכן. She saved her husband and her son from the hand of the angel. So you see the wisdom of Tzipora saved the life of Moshe. So everything from that moment and on is by the merit of Tzipora. All the great things that Moshe did, we owe it all to Tzipora that saved his life. And Hashem said to Aharon, revealed himself to Aaron, the brother, the elder brother of Moshe, and told him, go toward Moshe to the desert. So he went and he met him in the mountain of God. He met him in Mount Sinai. He kissed him and saw, and Aaron saw the children and his wife. So Aaron asked him, who are they for you, those for you? Moshe answered to Aaron, the kids, that they are the kids that Hashem gave me in the land of Midian. And that thing was very bad in the eyes of Aaron. And Aaron was a man of mercy, a very merciful and kind person. And he could not think even about that, that Moshe is taking soft little babies with him into Egypt. That was so dangerous for them. So Aaron told him, told Moshe, on the first ones that are there, we feel so sorry. And you're coming to add more on them, like not only on the people that are captive and being used as slaves and being molested and, and hurt, abused in Egypt, the Israeli souls that are in Egypt now, we feel so bad for them. Now you're bringing other children of Israel, like your children, you're bringing them as well to Egypt. So Moshe said to his wife Tzipora to go back to the house of her father, and she did so. Think about the sacrifice of this holy woman Tzipora. Always we need to think about that. How much she gave to the nation of Israel when she is a convert. And she chose to do something so, so big, to give her life and the life of her husband in that way allows him to dedicate his life to that mission. And then... Moshe and Aaron came to Egypt. So she's going back alone. A woman with two babies, riding her donkey, her camel, whatever, going back in, alone in the desert towards her father's house. And she did so. And then Moshe and Aaron came to Egypt. And they came immediately to the house of Pharaoh. They were standing in the gate of the house of Pharaoh, and over there, there, were, there, were, there was two lions that there was no human being that could come closer because of them to the gate of the king from their fear. That they were hunting, praying, everyone they saw. Until their master, the master of the lions, will come and remove them and will take them. And when they heard that Moshe and Aaron came... So the gatekeeper of the lions set them free and they put them on the entrance to the gate and it was the advice of Bil'am, the evil magician and their other black magicians, advisors of Pharaoh that when Aaron and Moses and Aaron will come to open the gate and then 
To open the gate means to set the lions free to jump and pray Aaron, Moshe and Aaron, Moshe Aaron. So Moshe took his staff and aimed it on those lions. And when they saw the staff of God, they were cheerful and happy. And they came towards Moshe. They came after him and they were playing in front of him like dogs that are playing with their owners when they're coming back from the field. When Pharaoh saw that and his slaves, they were terrified from Moshe and Aharon. And they told him, what is that act? How are you doing that? And what do you want from us? So Moshe and Aaron said, the God of the Hebrews was seen to us and told us to tell you, let Send, send my people, let my people go. And they're going to serve me, worship me. Pharaoh told Moshe and Aaron, come back in front of me tomorrow and I'm going to answer to you my answer. And they did so and went out. After that, Pharaoh called all of his wise advisors, Khartoumim, and all the wizards and black magicians, and among them Bil'am as well, the evil man, Bil'am. So the king told them, Pharaoh told them, so and so they said to me, those prophets. And Bil'am said, so Bil'am, the evil one said, how did they came close to the gate and the lions did not pray them? So Pharaoh answered, they came. And the lions didn't do anything to them. They were just playing with them like as if they were the ones who were taking care of them. And they were happy with them as dogs that are happy with their masters when they're coming back from the field because they're the ones who raised them since they were young. So Bil'am said, they are different than us. Something is wrong. Send to call them. We need to check them. We need to see what's going on with those people. So messengers went to call Moshe and Aaron and the elder people of Israel. The most eldest and respectful people of Israel came with Moshe and Aharon. And they all came in front of the king and spoke to him exactly as they spoke before. And the staff of God is in the hand of Moshe. So Pharaoh told them, And who is that one that will believe you? Like, why that I believe you? Why should I believe you in what, in what that you're saying? That God revealed himself to you and on. Why that I'm going to listen? So Moshe and Aaron came and they did what that Hashem told them to do. So Aaron threw down to the ground the staff of God in front, in front of Pharaoh. Oh, no, not the staff of Moshe, not the staff of God. Aaron threw down to the ground his own staff in front of Pharaoh and in front of his slaves. And it became... Tanin, 
Tanin in Hebrew of today, modern Hebrew, is an alligator, a crocodile. But in the ancient uh, Hebrew, it means a snake. And Pharaoh called the wisest ones, and the, his wise um, advisors, and his wizards, and they did so as well. They threw their staffs, and they became Taninim crocodiles, or probably snakes. But the staff of Aaron stood up, went up, and swallowed the staffs of the Egyptians' wizards. And Bil'am and his advisors said, There is no wonder in that we're not being like impressed by the fact that your snake swallowed our snakes. Because it's a rule in the world, it's a power of nature, that one animal can swallow another one. That's not an evident that your God is the God of truth. The fact that your animal that you created from your staff is stronger than ours is not an evident. If you really want us to know that is the Spirit of God that gave you the power, throw your staff to the ground, and if while your staff is still wood, then it will swallow our staffs. When they are still wood, then we will know that the Spirit of God is with you. After you made your staff to be a snake, it's a natural thing that one snake will swallow another. But if you want to show us a miracle, show us that your wooden staff is swallowing our wooden staffs and they did so and they threw everyone through their staffs and they became snakes and after they came back to be as they were in the beginning means back to be made out of wood the staff of Aaron swallowed their staffs then Pharaoh commanded to bring all the books of Egypt and to look, maybe they will find over there the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the name of God that Moshe and Aaron are, so to speak, claiming to serve. And they looked in all their books and they could not find the name of the true God because they are wrong books. They are books of mistakes. So Pharaoh told them, told Moshe and Aaron, I looked in all my books and I could not find the name of your God. So they told him, Moshe and Aaron told him, Adonai Elohei Ha'ivriim Nikra Aleno. Adonai, that is the God of the Hebrews, he is the one who shown himself to us. So then Pharaoh said, who is Hashem that I'm going to listen to his voice, that I'm going to follow his commandments? He's not commanding me. Moshe told him, Pharaoh told Pharaoh, he commanded us that we will walk a path of three days into the desert and will worship him, worship our God. Means that all the nation of Israel will walk into the desert for three days and then in the third day they will worship our God. And we're going to sacrifice a sacrifice to our God in the desert. Because since the day that the people of Israel came to Egypt, 
we have not sacrificed to our God. And if you will not let us free, horrible troubles and plagues he will send towards you. So Pharaoh told them, told Moshe and Aharon, what is the power and might of that God? So they told him, they answered him, he is the maker of the heavens and earth, light and darkness, sea and dry land, animals, cattle and animals, and the whole world is shaking from fear from him. He will take your power and will shove you down to the earth of the ground, will make you sit on the ground. And Pharaoh was very upset on them. And he said, all the gods will never be able to do what that I was doing. I made the river of the Nile. It belongs to me. And I made myself, Pharaoh claimed. Crazy people are not hard to find. So that guy was one of those. He made himself. He owns the Nile and he made the Nile and he made himself, created himself. And he was very upset and decided to excommunicate them, to kick them out. And he was thinking to himself to make the, the labor even harder on the, on the people of Israel. And therefore Hashem brought plagues on the Egyptians, 10 great plagues that are considered as 250 different kinds of plagues. Next part is an explanation um, on the plagues. So Hashem brought the plagues, 10 that considers as 250 plagues um, on the people of Egypt after they refused to listen to the voice of Moshe. First plague he brought on them, that was the plague of blood. And uh, it was all injustice, and that's the reason why he's mentioning it here, to explain to us that the reason why the first plague was of blood was because they were preventing the children of Israel um, to go to the mikveh. And we know that we have that uh, mitzvah, that obligation to purify ourselves from nida, from the impurity of nida, that is the blood of uh, women in time of their uh, cycle that after seven clean days from the time of end of the cycle they need to go to the mikveh and therefore because they stopped the children of israel from going to mikveh therefore hakadosh Baruch Hu brought the plague of blood upon them the second plague he brought on them was the frog that frogs were falling um, to their rooms to their yards to their barns, to their beds, and jumping and dancing and making their noises inside their guts. They were speaking from inside their stomachs. And the plague of frog in that aspect was the hardest one of them all. And therefore, 
he brought the frog. Why Hashem brought the frog? Because that the Egyptians were saying to the people of Israel, you should go and hunt fish. Go fish, fish for us. Therefore, Hashem brought the frog because that Hashem sent them, uh, because that the Egyptians were abusing the people of Israel to go to the water and to fish, to hunt for them. Therefore, the plague of frog came as well from the water. The third plague that came was uh, lice. Um, those small tiny bugs that are walking on the heads of people, biting them, biting their flesh, and leaving those small marks on their flesh. So there was an very like the the amount of lice that fell down from from like from that was covering the earth was that tall, like uh, thirty centimeters um, or something like that that the land was full of those uh, lice and even if the Egyptians were wearing clean outfits immediately they were all full with those lice because the Egyptians were saying to the people of Israel go and clean our houses and our yards and our markets and therefore all their streets and all their houses and all their markets became full of lice the fourth plague that the Creator brought upon the Egyptians was, and it's called Arov. Arov are the wild animals, um, predators, that came and attacked the Egyptians. Lions, wolves, tigers, bears, and all kinds of bad animals were coming into the houses of the Egyptians, closing the doors of their houses, and the Creator would send an animal from the ground that uh, its name is Silonim. I believe that that animal, the word Silonim is not the word that is being used today in Hebrew, but I, um, I assume that that um, word Silonim sounds like Chasilonim. This is a word that we are using today. And I think that the animal that is called Silonim is um, a squid. I think that um, an octopus. Um, I think that this is the, the animal that is t being talked here. And it would enter. So if people, so now I understand that I was um, wrong in the way I wrote it. I read it. So again, I'm going to read lions, wolves, Tigers, bears, and bad animals would enter to the houses of the Egyptians and so when I read it in the first time, I read that the animals would lock the doors like they were closing themselves inside their houses. But now I can see that I might read it in a wrong way and I think that the real right way to read it is to say that the, if the Egyptians themselves were closing their doors, so they were blocking the entrance of the wild animals from the doors, so Akadosh Baruch Hu was sending an animal from the ground, that its name was Silonim, that is that octopus. And 
it would enter from the windows and opening the doors and the animals, the bears, the tigers, the lions, the wolves were entering into the houses and eating the Egyptians um, in their houses. And why HaKadosh Baruch Hu brought that horrible plague to the Egyptians? Because they were forcing the Israeli people to be shepherds of their the Egyptians' animals. And therefore, like they forced them for free, go and do this, do that. Like they were bossing us around. We were slaves over there in Egypt. Therefore, the Creator brought Arov, the animals that will come. Dever is the fifth plague that all their animals died. The Creator brought the fifth plague that all the animals of the Egyptians died and it's called Dever. The sixth plague that he brought on them is Shechin. Shechin is a skin disease, um, like uh, very itchy wounds in the skin, something horrible, a lot of pain, a lot of suffering for the skin and the bodies of the Egyptians. Men and cattle. And why did he brought the Shechin on them? Because the Egyptians were saying, fix for us bathtubs to pleasure our bodies and ourselves. They were forcing the people of Israel to build bath houses for them. Therefore, the Creator made their flesh, instead of being pleasured, um, to suffer. And um, they were suffering so badly that they were rubbing their skin and itching their skin in a great way, in a horrible way that was very painful for them. The seventh plague that he brought on them was Barad. How in the world, ice from the sky. How do you say Barad in English? I don't know. Frozen rain. Do you know how you say that in English? Is someone generous here on uh, Facebook to share in the comments how you say Barad? Hail. The word is hail. He brought the hail. And why did he, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, brought the hail on the Egyptians? Because the, the Egyptians were saying to the people of Israel, go and plow our fields and seed and plant our fields. Therefore, the Creator brought the hail to break their trees and their seeds. The eighth plague that HaKadosh Baruch Hu brought was Arbe. What is Arbe? Arbe is like grasshoppers, but I think that there is a better word than grasshoppers. Arbe. Locust plague. Locust. Okay. So that was the plague. And their teeth and jaws were like the jaws of a lion. Those loco locos um, was biting with jaws like a lion. And why did the Creator brought that animal and the Egyptians? Because the Egyptians were saying to the people of Israel, go and plant trees for us and preserve their fruits. 
means you're gonna do all the work for us you're gonna plant you're gonna work you're gonna make sure that all the fruits are being picked on time and you're gonna save them for us therefore the creator brought the locust to the egyptian people for it to eat all that was left from the hail plague the ninth plague that came on the egyptians that HaKadosh Baruch Hu brought in the egyptians is darkness Choshech, darkness of hell a person who would stand was not able to sit because of the heaviness of the darkness and why did HaKadosh Baruch Hu brought darkness in the egyptians because they were crying on the people of Israel and HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to kill Oh, because there, there were criminals in Israel, now the reason for the plague of darkness was because that there were criminals from the people of Israel. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to kill them, to punish those criminals of Israel, but he did not want it that the people of Israel will have shame, so he wanted to bring darkness for three days and in those three days of darkness he made all the criminals of Israel uh, punished for the Egyptians will not see the defeat of Israel and will be happy for their sorrow the tenth plague is the plague of the death of all the elders in all Egypt and our holy sages said before that HaKadosh Baruch Hu brought that plague that all their elders' children will die, Moshe went to Pharaoh and told him, you should know that the, el the, the, the firstborn children of the Egyptians will die in that night. And Pharaoh started to make jokes, to laugh at Moses and told him, do you know how many firstborns there are in Egypt? Um, not even 300 so Pharaoh told him the small amount of children that are first born are is very very small because they had very large families so in every family you have only one first born and all the rest of the Egyptians were not firstborn so he was not worried he said like okay we're gonna lose those 300 okay but they did not know that not only those ones that were known as firstborn um were first were the real firstborns because they were full the egyptians were full of lusts and they were all cheating each other and every one of the children in all the, like, and many, many of the children in all the families were or firstborn to his father or firstborn to his mother. Means that many men went to different houses and had relationship with other women. So second born child of that woman was a firstborn child of another man. So unfortunately the egyptians were in such filthy and horrible level that many many died in their houses and their stink was revealed in that plague and 
Moshe went to the elder one to the elder ones and said Moshe went out like to the city and said Ko Amar Adonai that's what Hashem said as midnight will come I am leaving inside Egypt I go out of Egypt and every firstborn will die in the land of Egypt immediately each and every one of them went to their fathers and said you should know that all the plagues that Moshe talked about they all came and now he is saying that every firstborn will die in the land of Egypt what are we gonna do so their fathers told them go to Pharaoh because he himself is a firstborn maybe he can save you immediately the firstborns went to Pharaoh and told him set that people go that if you will not set them free tonight all the firstborns of the Egyptians will die Pharaoh answered them who told you to come and talk to me so they answered to him our fathers told us that thing so Pharaoh answered them go and kill your fathers and I am telling you definitely like, you should all go and kill your parents and I'm telling you or my soul will go or the souls of the Israeli people will go means that Pharaoh said it's me or them I'm fighting all the way I'm not back enough I'm, I'm not letting them go and so he's asking those firstborns do you want to tell me um, to set them free they are threatening me I'm gonna fight them all the way you want me to lose you want me to set them free so what did the firstborns of Egypt said each every one of them took his sword like the king Pharaoh commanded them and they killed their fathers like it says in the verse that the create that the verse is saying that HaKadosh Baruch Hu hit Egypt with their elders so simply we're gonna understand that verse that HaKadosh Baruch Hu hit the firstborns but the deeper meaning that that verse is showing to us is hinting us on is that the Egyptians were hit by their firstborn um, children and then the firstborns died as well and then in the half of the night Hashem hit every firstborn in the animals and the an and in the men and in the animals that were left and even their shape that was imprinted HaKadosh Baruch Hu erased it so even if there was kind of a portrait or any kind of sign of that elder one like a picture on the wall HaKadosh Baruch Hu erased that picture and they lend silver and gold and horses and fabrics and clothings and dresses like HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to Avraham Avinu to our main um, father also and here is the, the verse also the nation that your children will uh, be slave for will work for I am judging 
and after the time will finish for the children of Israel to stay in Egypt, I'm going to judge the people who forced them to be slaves, to work. And then they will go out with great property. They will go with wealth. So the verse predicted that Hashem revealed in prophecy the truth that will take place to Avraham. And then, He took them out of Egypt with silver and gold, and no one of his tribes was, um, was falling, was failing. And when HaKadosh Baruch Hu took the Israeli people out of Egypt, they remembered the oath that Yosef, the righteous man, the child of Yaakov, made them promise to him. And he said, One day, Pakod Yifkod Elohim Etchem, when Hashem one day will save you, and He will, You will take my bones from here, from Egypt, with you. So Moshe wrote the holy explained name of Hashem. He wrote the name of Hashem and threw it into the Nile. And he wrote on that, on that note where he wrote the name of Hashem, Alei Shu, rise, the, the animal that is called a bull, an animal that is representing Yosef. Immediately the coffin that Yosef was buried inside float above the Nile and they took the coffin of Yosef with them and also the coffins of all the heads of the holy tribes and the children of Jacob they brought with them and therefore in Israel today you can see many of the graves of the holy um, heads of the tribes the children of Yaakov the grave of Dan ben Yaakov is close to Jerusalem, in, Esh, in close to Eshtaol, close to Bechemesh, and the tribe of Binyamin, and the tribe of, um, um, the tribe of, uh, um, which other tribes we know? We have Dan ben Yaakov, and we have Yosef HaTzadik, the righteous man that is buried in a, uh, in Shechem and more and um, there there are like arguments and conversations on where those graves are located because you know that um, thousands of years passed since then but thank God that they were buried in the land of Israel the land of Israel that was given to Israel and to Israel and his children and each and every one got um, their father, like the tribes were carrying the coffins, the beds of their fathers, and went with them to the desert, went out of um, Egypt, and many other foreign people went out with them and sat in the desert. Many people that were suffering and under the kingship of the Egyptians in Egypt, that they were also slaves for the Egyptians, they were set free in that night as well and joined the people of Israel. So those people said, 
We know that Moshe said that we will walk for three days into the desert. Now, let's go and sleep and wake up early. If tomorrow they will come back, so it's good, we'll join them if they're going to come back. Like after two days, so they said tomorrow, if they will, will go back, let's join them. And if not, if they're going to stay in the desert, we'll fight with them. And when that day came, the next day came, they said to Moshe that today he needs to celebrate because it's already three days, like he promised to Pharaoh. So now it's a time to go back to Egypt. We're going back. So Moshe told them, Hashem told us, you will never gonna see them again. So those people from different nations that were slaves in Egypt said to Moshe, you cheated your master. You betrayed Pharaoh that is your master. Immediately they started to fight with the people of Israel. The people of Israel stood up against them and killed many of them. And the ones who left, who did not die, ran back to Pharaoh and told him that the people of Israel ran away from Egypt and not planning to come back. So the people of Egypt started to run after the Israeli people and found them standing in front of the Red Sea. They ran after them. Pharaoh and all his army were all drowned in the sea. None of them left but Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, that he himself admitted his mistake and thanked Hashem that he believed that was a live God, that is a live God, and believed in him. And on that, the verse is saying, Adonai HaTzadik Ve'ani Ve'ami HaRashaim. Pharaoh said, Hashem, he is righteous, and me and my people are evil. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu commanded the angel Michael and the angel Gabriel, the ministers of the sky, to take him out of the uh, sea, and to take him out to a place, the large city that is called Nineveh. And Pharaoh was the king on Nineveh for 400 years. Hashem lengthened his life and he lived 400 years. And the children of Israel came to the desert and Amalek, the son of Eliphaz, the son of Esav, came to fight with them in the desert. And with him, 100 thousand and eighty seven um, thousand people all of them were black magicians and they knew how to make the spell that is called of vidioni means that they had dark powers to connect themselves to the dead and hashem gave all of them in the hand of moses his slave and in the hand of Yoshua, his student and they defeated them with the sword. And the Canaanite, the king of Arad, came to fight with the people of Israel as well. And also Sichon and Og, all of them came and fell under the hands of Israel. Like all the enemies of Israel, there is nothing that people around the world, descendants of those horrible people that are hating Israel in their guts, 
There is nothing that they can do to change the code of nature, the simple will of the Creator, that the people of Israel will stay here and will win and will reveal the light and will be lighthouse to the nations and will be the ones to open the gates of the third temple in the mountain of Hashem, the Temple Mount over there, the third temple will be built soon. So in the third month, they came to Mount Sinai and HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us his Torah, the Holy Torah, and spoke with us from the sky. And we built a Mishkan, like a tent, and a tent, and the ark and the altar. The altar to sacrifice sacrifices and Aaron and his children were um, sacrificing and atoning the sins of Israel. And they went in the desert for 40 years. Their dresses and their coverings were not worn out and their shoes were not, um, um, was growing on their, on their feet and they were eating for 40 years in the desert food from the sky that is called man. And in the 40th year, in the first month, in the 10th day of the month, Miriam, the sister of Moshe, died. May her memory be blessed. And in the 12th month, in the 7th day, of it, Moshe Rabbeinu Alava Shalom passed away, that he was 120 years old, and he was buried by Hashem in the valley in front of the place that was called Beit Peor. Beit Peor was a place for people worshipping idols, and Moshe was buried in front of that place for him to always stand there and to fight the spiritual war that was needed against the darkness that Beit Peor is presenting. Vayakem Hashem et and Hashem established Yoshua as the leader on the people of Israel and he passed the people of Israel the river of the Jordan, the Jordan River and took the land of 31 kings. There were 31 kings controlling the land of Israel and Yoshua conquered the land of Israel, gave it back to the Israeli people after that it was abandoned for the years that the people of Israel were in Egypt, the land that was promised to Yaakov, to Yitzhak, and to Abraham, our fathers. And he divided and gave it to the people of Israel, to their tribes. And the rest of the words of Moshe Rabbeinu, and that he did, they are all written on in the book that is called Divrei Hayashar. The Sefer Hayashar, it's, I assume that it's that wonderful book um, that I have that is called Sefer Hayashar. I read for you a little bit about that book and Bezrat Hashem, soon we will read from it again. Thank you so much for listening. May Hashem bless you to believe in yourselves and to understand your greatness, the people of Israel. Be strong.
This is Dror Moshe Kasuto. Glad you've been listening. The Emuna Project is a non-profit dedicated to producing faith-based media like this podcast. To support our work and to see all our activities, books, and services, visit emuna.com. That's E-M-U-N-A-H dot com. You can also connect with me on social media at Rav Dror for posts and updates. Chazaku Baruch, strength and blessing.